Welcome back to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Thursday afternoon. I'm really stoked to welcome back on the program Andrew Dembina for a bit of artsing around. How are you doing, Anders? Good to speak to you. Good. Yes, thank you, Noreen. You too. Good to speak to you because there's quite a lot going on in the arts in Hong Kong, in fine art particularly. Uh, stoked, you say. You're stoked to speak to me. You've been watching the uh, the surfing and the skateboarding in the Olympics, I'd imagine. <laughs> that sounds like a real surfy thing to say. Hey, I'm really stoked, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I received a couple of uh, rather cryptic pictures. Why don't you sort of uh, describe to, to, to our listeners yeah. one by one? Are they in any order in particular? Uh, actually, yes. So... The, um, the, the the one with the blue background with a pixelated image of a cartoon character. Looks like it's, did he send me one in focus? You're probably thinking that's the way they're supposed to be, oh, Noreen. Oh, okay, because um, it looked rather pixelated. I thought it was out of focus. <laughs> I thought it was my own resolution. Yeah, exactly, like maybe I downloaded a low-res version. <laughs> no, that's exactly how this is supposed to be. Um, sure, what I sure. sent Noreen... Yeah, what, what, what Noreen just received recently was an image of a collection of head and shoulders, or just a head in the case of the one that I sent her, of what are called crypto punks. And they are the latest thing in TFT art, something that we've spoken about, we've touched on a couple of times before, the rise of the credibility and the great big rise of the price in digital TFT art among collectors. Um, it's happened over the last year, really. During COVID, it's been a time that people have been happy to put their money where their art is and really sort of get into this new digital format. So just to t- a description for those who haven't heard of, uh, um, uh, of, of sorry, NFT. NFT, yeah. yes. Who, yeah, yeah who, for, the, for those who haven't heard of NFTs, um, it is, they are digital format art that can be stored they're stored in a digital ledger called a blockchain which which some people may have heard of in terms of um, digital currency as well but it's a very secure form of keeping a some kind of digital document in this case art as a digital asset that is unique and can't be changed and has lots of security devices put into it it's actually a it can be anything from a still image such as these cartoons or it can be video clips or just straight audio for with so there are some audio artists who are working in nft uh as, as well but the reason that i sent you this one is that just in the last week visa the giant in the world of credit cards bought the the nft that i sent to noreen which is uh an out of focus a pixelated green eye-shadowed mohawk type of uh, character who's part of this crypto punk collection and um, it's not going to raise the roof with how much they spent on it in this case but it shows that the financial you know credit card company is wanting to get into making Mm -hmm. its own collection but also it wants to know whether it should advise its customers to go into it as well and that's why visa went into this um and it's a bit of a game NFT, changer these non-fungible yeah, token fun, fungible tokens yeah that's because what it stands for, for for a lot of these art um artwork they get copied and copied and then sort of creative borrowing and you never really find the trace uh, of of who was the sort of original um creator for, for some of these sort of work so this is well, actually a really important step in in sort of uh, giving credit where credit is due. 
You're, you're, you're correct. I mean, in the case of this collection, uh, like with some other artists that we've heard about before, the breakthrough artists who, who are making it big in this kind of first chapter of NFT projects, really. But in this case, it was software developers, two guys, one called Matt Hall and the other called John Watkinson. And they have a company called Lava Labs. And they have released a whole collection of these, uh, of these crypto punks that have become the latest craze in fine art it has to be said whether it's with the old-fashioned paintbrush on canvas going back to modern art with your favorite picasso or there's matisse (laughs) or there are the american abstract artist jackson pollock throwing the paint around all of those famous ones i mean when those things started to be in vogue and the prices went up on those canvases people started really pouring into that market, those who wanted to invest in art, that is. And the, uh, basically, the characteristics of, the, of this cartoon collection are all kinds of what you would expect from comic punk. Some of them are more out of focus or pixelated than others. And the one that I sent to Noreen was Visa's latest purchase, which cost them 150 thousand US dollars, which is, uh, in, in our money, would be around 1.2 million Hong Kong dollars. So it's not, you know, because we've heard about some really outrageously expensive ones from some other independent artist producers recently, but that is still at the top end of where it's at, really, for a single uh, digital file of a pixelated cartoon that, uh, that some people might think, in essence, wouldn't be so long in the making. However, the, 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 these different crypto punks are part of a big collection, and... At Christie's, there was a, uh, a selection of 90 other crypto punks from those same producers. Uh, very, they're very basic portrait heads, as I said. And they sold for, um, it was uh, 90 in total. They sold for US $20 million in combined sales. So that is, that is astronomical. There were 90 of the heads that sold for 20 million US. So it's, it really is something that people who are art collectors need to watch out about. And from Visa themselves, the person in charge of digital uh, and other art uh, purchases for their own in-house collection, says that we think NFTs will play an important role in the future of retail, social media, entertainment and commerce. And so we want to help our clients and partners to participate in purchasing these in other words they've got confidence in doing it well we know that because they've bought one but they want to learn about it by buying one we we wanted to see it he goes on firsthand and to get an understanding of the infrastructure requirements for keeping it safe and secure and we wanted as a global brand to purchase and store this one to see if we want to go further to add more to our collection too so with our crypto punk purchase we're jumping in feet first um, the the person in in charge of getting it said, um, and uh, so it's just just the beginning of our work in this space. So it sounds like you Watch know they really space. have, yeah, great confidence for going going forward with that. I, I want to mention that uh, uh, not to not to plug it, but it's interesting that Christie's, uh, the auction house, will be holding its first ever NFT sale in Asia next month, which will be in Hong Kong. Oh wow! Just Oh, just yeah. I mean, this is a just. It's it's really just exploded, hasn't it? We've we've spoken about it a couple of times. I know you have with one or two other guests as well who are in the digital uh, sort of. That's um, right, Alex Sutty, uh, who's area. a three D artist. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, and it's um. So it, it, I mean, it really is more than 
uh, you know, a, a casual thing that might go away fast. Who knows how, how long it will live, because I'm sure there will be other technology that might surpass this in terms of getting people's interest in the future. But for now, it's not something that's going away. So that's, that's the news on that, which is pretty interesting. Uh, back to uh, things of a more local nature. I mentioned that things are happening in Hong Kong art at the moment, despite the pretty strict restrictions that we still have. Uh, art galleries, as I've mentioned before, have been allowed to open. You know, there's still the Surrealism one till the 15th of September. But there's a couple of art fairs happening. And uh, one seen. of them is opening this... Yeah. this it's, it, Today, do you know about the Affordable Art Fair? Yeah, that's, that's right, going the on? Affordable Art Fair. Because usually it's in March, isn't it? But obviously due to... Uh, March or May? March. Usually, usually in May, a little oh, bit, okay. a little bit after. after. So the yeah, a little bit after the Art Basel, which is in March, and then there's Art Central in March. It's hard to keep track of them all because Hong Kong does have uh, more than one handful of art fairs. And the good news is, it, uh, the Affordable Art Fair opens today, but it's the first of five in total that are going to be rolling out from today until October. Um, you know, fingers crossed, as long as we don't sort of uh, get worse in COVID state, in the COVID state. But the affordable art fair, as it sounds, is things which are priced from around uh, several hundred Hong Kong dollars up to, say, tens of thousands of Hong Kong dollars, but plenty in the main area of a couple of thousand or so. So it's stuff which is really geared towards the domestic buyer rather than the collector who's thinking purely about how much it might increase as any other investment would in the future. Um, so it, it, it also champions local artists and it's not just a Hong Kong thing. It's part of a, the, the Hong Kong edition like Art Basel is part of a global franchise. Although the uh, Art Basel, there's only three of them in the world, but the affordable art fairs, there are 13 of them and Hong Kong is one of them. And this will be the eighth time that it's been held in Hong Kong. It's at the Hong Kong Convention Exhibition Centre. It starts this very afternoon. I will be going there straight after this report. I'm going to have a look at some uh, some art. There's some very interesting stuff going on there. Um, normally, the galleries that are, that are exhibiting are 80% from outside of Hong Kong, but looking to sell to just local fairly average people with a with a bit of an interest in art that's how it would be defined but this time because of covid um it will be 80 percent of uh it's the other way around it's reversed the galleries will be approximately uh 80 percent local and also there are incentives from the government to put some support into the fairs that are happening on uh, uh the next uh, month or two which are uh, reducing the prices, they're subsidising the rent for the spaces. So the convention and exhibition centre and a couple of other venues around town where there are going to be some other uh, different fairs to look out for as well coming up in the next couple of months. They're going to be much cheaper uh, rates, which is really great because we don't hear too much about, you know, uh, incentives happening across the art scene. We hear about it in some other industries, but it's not often that you hear about it in the art world. So it's nice that for the organisers of these exhibitions, they, they're not being forced through worries about um, footfall being reduced because everyone is down to like 50% occupancy in these venues, of course. Um, so they don't have to worry about selling tickets to make it pay because they are being getting a little bit of subsidy. So that'll be great. It's on from today until 
the uh, the end of Sunday. So if, if anyone wants to go along and have a look, you can book your time slots. It's not that expensive, the tickets. You can book online to go. It would be a good thing to go around with kids as well because there's lots of really fun uh, works there. It doesn't have the kind of hallowed feeling that some quiet art galleries have when it's in an exhibition Seems uh, more sort of um yeah i know what you mean like you don't feel yeah. so bad for sort of chatting and sort of no because oh, in other no, sort no. of highbrow galleries or things that yeah. i've been to you sort of have to sort of nod and hmm yeah that's yeah. right that's right yeah <laughs> and also if you're taking your kids along i think i've, I've mentioned before it's that stressful. my most embarrassing <laughs> Yeah, my most embarrassing moment ever was my son. We went to Amsterdam. We went to uh, uh, we went to Rembrandt, the painter's home, which has been renovated. <laughs> oh, and my yeah. son lied down on his back. Yeah, he was two to three years old, <laughs> and he was and he was watching people's feet walk past rather than the art on the walls. You know, they were really good about it. The Dutch, though, the, who were who were most of the people that were there, they kind of shrugged and smiled. It was pretty nice, and it's nice when that's the attitude rather than it being too snooty. Exactly. So, if you want to have a look at more about that, yeah, it's affordable art fair, as you would imagine that's spelled all as one word, affordableartfair.com, and you just go to the Hong Kong section. Uh, I will mention really briefly that the other ones to look out for. I won't go into great detail because they're not all happening at exactly the same time. But there's something called unscheduled or unscheduled, if you prefer that pronunciation, which um, it's, it's a regular fair and it's held. It will be at the Taekwon Centre in Central, the old uh, police station on Hollywood Road. And that will be happening uh, again, showcasing new a lot of new Hong Kong galleries, actually. The one today at the Affordable Art Fair is not necessarily all new ones, but there'll be There'll be lots of the new ones from Soho that have opened. A lot of them have opened, that will be appearing in unscheduled over the last 18 months. Now, that's fascinating. I don't know if there were grants or ways that they could get support from, uh, from government funds for the arts, which, um, you know, which would have enabled uh, galleries to open within the last 18 months. Because you wouldn't think it's the most buoyant time to take a punt on opening an art gallery, really, would you, in the last 18 months? But... So that's that, that's good. And the um, the the reason that they really want to go ahead with this, although it's happened before, but it didn't happen uh, last year, but couldn't happen because of COVID, is because there hasn't been Art Basel this year. And the organisers of this, there's someone called uh, Willem Molesworth, who used to work for a big uh, commercial gallery, which has got a, a space in Central called Shoney. And he he's gone off and done his own thing and he's the organizer of this unscheduled and he he says it's very different to art basel people appreciate things on a much more intimate scale you know because art basel is on a massive scale it's over you know several floors and it's big named international galleries who if you walk in and then you don't look like you're someone who's going to buy something you don't really get much of a hello but the uh, the one at taekwon and the affordable art fair will be much more sort of um, small-scale, intimate, uh, relaxed affairs. I, I must say, uh, it's also a bit of a shame being... that it's not open for longer. Mm. I'm just on the Affordable Art Fair website, and it's only until yeah. Sunday. Oh. That's right, till Sunday night, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, it is, but um, I suppose, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm not sure whether they would be able to sustain it. I suppose they just want to get people who either want to buy or see art over a long weekend, essentially, to, yeah. uh, to, to just get along there, yeah. It's, it's 40 galleries in total, so there's, um, you know, there's not that many. When you compare that to um, mm. 
to Art Basel that, that have around 200. There's a massive difference. And so it will be a much smaller space in the convention centre. So that's, uh, that's, that's something to look out for there. There's uh, another exhibition that I want to mention in Shepkit May, not very far from where you're speaking right now, Noreen, in uh, Kalimtong. It's, um, it's at the, uh, the Jockey Club um, art studios, which are, it's called the, the, the proper name for it is the Jockey Club Creative Art Centre. And there's a really nice exhibition by Rebecca Hon of, uh, which is called Flourishing City Evolving Ink. And it combines her ink renditions of flowers with urban landscapes. And I send you a couple of pictures of these. Uh, she says that she's asking, uh, what inspired her was asking, where have all the flowers gone in Hong Kong? As rapid urban development brings drastic changes in the cityscape, she wants to juxtapose some serene images of flowers against some manipulated phot photographic images. The images that I sent, Noreen, one of them, if you look, there's a white flower which looks a bit like a lotus in part, climbing up the central part of a painting. And in the background, it looks like it could be a foggy or smoky day with industrial buildings around a typically industrial area like Wong Chuk Hang used to be or Kun Tong still is today. And she takes those background images from photographs and then she digitally manipulates them. But she does it in a way that they look like ink paintings themselves. I think they're quite beautiful. Um, so her name is Rebecca Hon and it's part of a bigger series which is called Looking at Flowers where urban parts of Hong Kong there are specific scenes. She's gone out and shot these and then manipulated them and got them printed uh, in inks to give a kind of, like a hand-painted effect, but they're not. They're, they're, they're done in design and then printed to look like paintings. But it's an, it's an amazing-looking form of art. I really like them. So she's on level four right now at the Shepkit May Jockey Club Creative Arts Centre. So Just I recommend down the road that from one. us, yes. It is, it is. Yeah, you can hop on, it's a lovely hop on space. a quick taxi or minibus. Yeah, it is, it is. It's very nice. It's, um, uh, I mean, it is, it is actually an, an ex-industrial uh, unit itself, but, it, but it's not only galleries, it's also artist studios, and there's a brilliant printmaking studio in there, which is one of the few places in Hong Kong where people do still put a piece of carved, uh, like a flat piece of carved wood or lino, which has been rolled over with, with those ink rollers uh, at, through a printing press to print off small editions of uh, prints on paper, which is also worth a look if you're going to head there and see Rebecca Hon's um, paintings. So um, the, um, the other bit of news, maybe the final thing to, for today, is that uh, going over to mainland China... Um, there was a report by IFPI Data, which uh, represents, we're going over to the world of music now, it represents musical artists and recording artists globally, and it puts China at the seventh biggest recorded music market in the world, with annual trade revenues increasing by over one-third in 2020. Now, that's interesting, although maybe not surprising, because during COVID, maybe more people were listening to music. Um, so the, the um, yes, it increased up to 6.1 billion Hong Kong dollars of trade revenues. Um, I mean, it, on the one hand, when we've talked about massive amounts for art, that doesn't sound like that much. But then when you factor in 
the streaming music where revenues have become smaller and smaller, uh, it does become quite a sizable amount to be made. Last week, Universal Music Group, the world's biggest music rights holder, expanded its label operations in China, launching a division of Republic Records. It's part of Universal Music over there. And China's Tencent plus Tencent Music owns nearly, I didn't know this, owns nearly a 10% stake in Spotify, you know, the most famous streaming music platform in the world. Um, and and the, also Tencent owns a near 2% stake in Warner Music Group. Uh, and leading, it's uh, leading a consortium, that's uh, Tencent, again, a consortium, a group of buyers that recently completed the acquisition of 20% of Universal Music Group. So a lot of backing coming from Chinese companies. TikTok, of course, is also there. It's very much a part of, uh, in, in uh, uh, much of the world, um, new, of the new release music industry that, uh, that's owned by China's ByteDance. And uh, we may have heard in recent news a couple of weeks ago that uh, the, the Chinese state uh, in Beijing uh, acquired a small minority stake in ByteDance two weeks ago. I don't know if you heard oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 so there's, there's a lot of investment. Uh, well, from from a little bit. It was only a small investment from the from the government, but also from from these big players in the digital industry. The Ministry of uh, Culture and Tourism, talking about the government, has also announced that from October the first, so quite soon, uh, there are going to be some quite strict laws on banning music that. Uh, um, that has not seemed suitable in China's 50,000 karaoke venues. I don't know if you heard about that one as well. No. It just means that... All uh, oh, right. Well, it's, uh, it, it means that still there will be producing a list of music that won't be allowed if it violates basic principles determined by China's constitution. Uh, basically, you know, tied up with things like national security, harming national unity, or inciting ethnic hatred... Uh, encroaching on customs and habits, or if they, if it seemed to be advocating illegal activity such as um, gambling, drugs, crimes, other crimes, and also obscenity. That's interesting. Mm. I mean, I suppose it's being you know being watching what people are allowed, what kind of language they're allowed to use in music. So lots of interesting things coming out in that report just uh, uh, about a week ago from IFPI about the increasing, hugely increasing importance of China backing for the world's music industry, those big record labels I mentioned, and Spotify, the streaming platform. So a lot happening musically just across the border. Wow. Andrew, thank you so much yeah. indeed for your great update. Really learned a lot. Um, wh where are you heading to straight after? Are you going to go to the Affordable Art Fair? Yeah, I'm going, I am. I'm going over to the Affordable Art Fair. Yeah, and, um, and I, I hope also to be snagging for this very weekly segment, uh, a particularly interesting interview. Ah. So I'll, I'll let... I'm not going to say I'm not going to say who, but it's a but it's a very it's an interesting artist that does have quite a presence online rather than 
in physical art. Oh, very interesting. Um, I've got a friend right now who is there, Johnny G. I don't know if you, you remember him, but um, he's just uh, showed me a video of, of uh, Hong Kong artist oh. Mark Alante. He's been on the program before, and he specializes in drip ink art and he's made a sculpture look oh, out yeah. for that um that's um oh. um oh. that's uh at the affordable art fair right now it's so nice to sort Thank of have you. I will, artists I will do. That that have been on the one two three show and you see their work uh, being exhibited there uh, are you gonna buy and anything I... do you usually buy anything from from these art fairs andrew I, I actually have bought a fair bit of art over the years and i I'm now in the position where I would have to think about uh, storage if I <laughs> bought if I bought if I bought more. They're not they're not huge pieces because I don't live in. A but huge it adds up, flat, doesn't it? But, yeah, it does. It does, and also there's a limited amount of space that you have where you don't have windows that you can actually hang art. If you're going for the two dimensional kind, that is, rather than a sculpture. Exactly. But, um, and also, I do have some of my mum's sculptures. Uh, my mum used to be a sculptor, yeah. um, so I've got some of those. So where, so where there's a bit of not that there's really much spare flat space at all, but I cram in some of my mum's sculptures. That's really are, lovely. Well, yeah. they're really memorable and they're really beautiful. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for your sharing today. And I look forward to more chats with you uh, next week. Have a great weekend and Likewise. enjoy the affordable art fair. Bye for now. Thanks. Have a good afternoon.